Welcome to the Happy Nervous System Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Delahook. What we know about mental health is rapidly changing, and I help you stay up to date on the major paradigm shifts from dating to love to parenting. Get ready to learn about your body, regulate your nervous system, and improve your life and relationships with ease. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Happy Nervous System podcast. So happy you're here. My name is Kendra Delahook. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm really on a mission to help people live a better, more connected, joyful life by working with their body and not against it. So I really preach about body wisdom and really how to listen to your body in a way that just helps out all areas of your life from relationships to eating to love. And today we are going to talk about how trauma can disrupt the mind-body connection. So to get started, I want to say ideally we would live, you know, in a world where our body would react to a danger if there was a legit danger around us. We would respond and then we'd chill out once the danger has passed, kind of similar to how animals uh, live their lives. (laughs) Danger, run, danger's gone, relax. The problem is danger is all about perception as human beings because our brains oftentimes code something uh, that is safe or neutral as potentially threatening or harmful. So coding what is quote-unquote danger actually has many, many shades of gray, especially if you have a trauma history. I also want to start this episode off by saying if you do have a layered trauma history or you have some major events in your life in the past that really impact your well-being and sense of safety and security, It's so important to work with a professional, a trauma expert, or even a somatic therapy expert to help you unpack this. It's really hard to do by ourselves, and we're really made to be in connection with others. And so working with a therapist, even just for a few sessions, can be extremely helpful. So if you're listening to this and you do have a trauma history, be kind with yourself and just know that help and support is available and sometimes necessary to really overcome this and and trust your body again. So let's talk about why we panic or have anxiety or feel worried when we know everything is okay or everything most likely will be okay. I feel like for all the parents listening, you can't know with 100% certainty that your kids will be fine. But um, there's often times where we can feel ourselves, you know, rising with worry or anxiety, and you know you should just chill, that it's not rational and it's not even helpful. So why does this happen? There's three main reasons why this happens. And the first one I've talked about in many of the episodes Um, are physical factors that we're not even aware of. 
So a lack of sleep, eating a meal that your body just did not agree with, hormonal imbalances, increased cortisol, all of these hidden factors that we're most of the time not conscious of can actually lead our brain to thinking that something is a danger when it's very safe. So sometimes this isn't related to our trauma and it really is just about taking care of our basic needs and sleep is a huge one. I can't emphasize this enough. This is why for new parents, it's so challenging because you can't avoid the lack of sleep and this just makes everything more stressful. The second reason is related to our genetics. So sometimes if you do have a genetic history in your family of anxiety disorders or depression disorders, this can impact how sensitive you are to coding safety or danger around you. And this is where compassion and kindness and being patient with yourself is very important. And if you do have a genetic history of anxiety, which I sure do in my extended family, it does not mean you're doomed. By no means does it mean you're doomed to be an anxious person. It's just important to really hold this with compassion as you kind of sort through building up your body wisdom. The third reason is sometimes it it is trauma. And our brain is so, so incredibly intelligent and adaptive at keeping us safe. Uh, Staying alive is its number one job. And so unfortunately, it can code things that are joyful, should be good things, positive things in our life, or, or just neutral things as threatening. And I want to talk about how this happens and why. So I was working with a client who just had intense anxiety whenever um, she was driving or when she was around red colored machinery. So it took us some time to unpack this. And she actually had an episode of um, being in a car crash when she was really little. So after we kind of sorted through the details, we learned that there was a good reason why she was feeling anxious and stressed around driving and red things, especially red machinery. There's always a reason and the body always remembers. So think of something neutral, such as a red car paired with something that is very scary or life-threatening, such as an accident, the color red, and especially red cars, now become very carefully coded in our brain as something that is potentially threatening. The frustrating part about trauma is that so much of it is subconscious, so below our conscious awareness. And this is why anxiety can be such a kicker for so many people because they just, they want to get past it. They're so tired of feeling anxious and they don't really know why the anxiety surfaces. But again, our our bodies are wise and there's always a reason if we are willing and patient, we have the help to explore what that reason is. So this is why listening to the wisdom of your body is complicated. 
it can feel confusing when you feel this body anxiety at random times. It's kind of like, how am I supposed to honor the, the feedback from my body? Talking about the term interoception, which we um, discussed last week, if my body is sending me this painful and sometimes excruciating feedback, because we oftentimes feel anxiety in the body, it is so uncomfortable. So many people I've worked with ask me, why would I trust and listen to something that sends me false messages or painful messages? And that's a legit question. So the good thing is you're not doomed, again, not by your genetics and not by your trauma history. We know that the brain is capable of overcoming trauma and reprogramming itself to kind of recode the things that should be safe or neutral as safe or neutral (laughs) and not as something that is threatening, but it does take work. And an area that I work with a lot, and I, I think it's very common, probably in all of us, is a certain degree of attachment trauma. And this is why some people push away the very thing that they crave, such as love or intimacy or friendship, because something that should have been good or helpful or loving was paired with pain or loss. And so the brain gets very good, again, at coding something like loving someone else, trusting someone else, depending on someone else with potential harm, threat, or loss. And this really goes to losing someone close to you or the end of a relationship. So this work, why I get so fired up about it is once you're able to heal your attachment trauma, your life exponentially will improve because you're able to pull the things close to you that you want and your body doesn't panic. You're actually working with the body. So all this talk about listening to your body, but let's talk about what to do when your body is sending you false cues. It's complicated, but definitely not hopeless. Step one is being aware of all of your cues. We cannot change something we are not aware of. So really getting clear on when you feel anxious, when it makes sense, and when it doesn't. And this first step is really challenging and can be really vulnerable for a lot of people, especially if you have learned to tune out the messages from your body, good, bad, or painful. But we cannot get in touch with cues of love and connection and desire and even creating a future of our dreams if we tune out the bad the stress, the anxiety, the trauma response, the stress response. So this is where it could be really helpful working with the therapist and really being honest about all the cues of your body. What happens when you show up to parties? What happens when you go on dates? What happens when your partner is mad at you? 
knowledge is power. And so once you have this knowledge of your unique specific body, then you're able to make changes. Step two is all about learning to separate your intuition, your body wisdom from fear. This is another very common problem that I hear many times. People ask me, how in the world am I supposed to know what I'm supposed to do in this situation? Is it my intuition? Is it my gut? Is it stress? Is it anxiety? There's mixed messages. And so personally, I have a belief in God in a higher power. And so for me, this faith perspective helps me Remember that God's voice is calm, it's direct, and it's simple. And if you don't have a belief in God or a higher power, um, you can also just apply this to your body wisdom. When your body, your gut, intuition is giving you feedback, it will be calm, simple, and direct. Now, if it's fear or a trauma response, it will be rushed, it will be chaotic, it can involve intrusive thoughts, it might be back and forth, up and down, it just feels messy. So this has greatly helped me in my own life and many of my clients. So just start to get into the routine of of noticing, oh wow, this message is simple, it's loving, there isn't fluff or panic around it. Or if the message is very panicked and you start to notice your thoughts going all crazy, that is a good sign that it is fear and possibly related to a trauma or stress response. Again, one more area where working with a therapist can calm this intense body feedback. And step three is really beginning to rebuild trust with your body. So I want you to think of body wisdom as a relationship that you need to put work into. When you get to to know someone new, you don't trust them right away. And if you do, that is actually a sign of trauma, attachment trauma. So that's something to work through. But for most of us, it takes some time to trust someone, to, to listen to them, to understand how they speak to us to get that back and forth flow of communication. So really think of working with your body as a new relationship that you are going to put in work to. And when you put in the work, you will absolutely gain the benefits. So this is where small mantras such as, I trust the wisdom of my body, or I'm beginning to trust the wisdom of my body can be very helpful. And when you are experiencing stress or worry or panic, having a small mantra such as, my body is doing its best to keep me safe right now, is also extremely helpful. When we remind ourselves that all the brain wants to do is to keep us safe and to keep us alive, that can actually send cues of safety and well-being to the mind, which then calms the body. So really think of a mantra, a short phrase that feels really good and helpful to you and start to remind yourself of this mantra throughout the day, but especially when you start to feel that anxiety. And it will just help take the sting out of it and help you befriend and trust 
this system that is working so hard for you to keep you safe. Okay, that is it for today. If this was helpful, I would love if you rated the podcast and leave a review if you'd like. The Body Wisdom course is coming soon. So excited. So stay tuned for that. And I will see you next week. Have an amazing day.